0: God has knit thine elect in one communion and fellowship, in the mystical body of his Son, Christ our Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. This is a day set aside to reflect on the identity of the church, especially as we commemorate all the saints of, of the church who aren't included on our church calendar. And it's also a good opportunity for each and every one of us to consider what it means to be a part of Christ's holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. In our prayer of thanksgiving at Mass every Sunday, we acknowledge that to be a member of the church means to be members in corporate in the mystical body of thy Son, which is the blessed company of all faithful people. It's a mystical church Because in spite of the visible fractures and unhappy divisions that characterize the church post-schism and post-reformation, there is always an underlying and invisible unity that is located not in any of our denominational affiliations, but ultimately in Christ. And so as a result, we can say that the church includes faithful people, whether they be Baptists or Lutherans or Anglicans or Roman Catholics or Eastern Orthodox or even Methodists. (laughs) The collect for today speaks to this when it says that God has knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship. How is it that we are knit together? The answer is through baptism, where we become united to Christ by virtue of his death. Romans 6 tells us, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Because baptism brings us into Christ, it conveys three benefits to the soul. It remits all sin, original and actual. It heals our nature, and it forgives us. Two, it bestows sanctifying grace and the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, those things that we couldn't possibly drum up in ourselves. And three, it makes the recipient a member of Christ, a child of God, an inheritor of the kingdom of heaven. But the collect implies that those of us who have been baptized still have plenty of progress to make. Grant us grace so to follow thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, That we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee. One of my favorite Anglican theologians, L.S. Thornton, calls this tension that exists in the Christian life a double polarity. From one point of view, he says, the great transformation of the Christian life has already taken place, once for all, in baptism. We have been made partakers of Christ in the fullest sense. From another point of view, however, the greatest transformation exists only in germ, in each of us. Its fruition lies in the future, and we're summoned to seek that fruition. The Christian life, then, is one that acknowledges that we have been saved, that we are being saved, and that we will be saved. And this is why we celebrate the Feast of All Saints, a time for us to reflect on the great communion of the saints, those who have gone before us in the fullness of faith, and set examples for us to follow, just as St. Paul instructs the Corinthians in his first epistle to them, that they're to follow him as he follows Christ. So we meditate on the angels and the archangels, and the patriarchs, and the prophets, the disciples, apostles, evangelists, the innocents, the bishops, confessors, doctors, priests, monks, hermits, virgins, widows, and all other faithful Christians who have gone before us, and how we might imitate them as they imitated Christ. And we request their prayers for us, that that germ of transformation that exists in each and every one of us might continue to grow, continue to unfold until we reach our final destination, which we might call Christification, where we're made to be like Christ. And so today we have a wonderful opportunity to remember our baptisms. And this involves two actions. First, we take comfort because of what God has done for us by uniting us to this great edifice of salvation that is the church. And second, we reflect by asking ourselves whether we are living into our baptisms. Are we fulfilling those baptismal vows that we made along with all the saints of Christ's holy church? Where is it that we, with the help of God's grace, need to bring ourselves into conformity with the great law of love that's at the heart of the gospel? And we look at the many witnesses of Christians who have gone before us and seek how they might help us rectify our hearts. So we think about the beginning of our Christian lives, but we also consider the ends of them as we reflect on this beautiful communion of saints that we hope to join when we pass on from this life. May we remember and live into our baptisms and become more like our Lord and his saints who have gone before us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.